You just sit back and enjoy the magic. From outside of the Hollywood system, this is the Making Filmmakers Podcast, where we discuss the creative process of filmmaking. Fucking movies. From start to finish, all from the point of view of truly independent filmmakers. Hold on to your butts. And here are your hosts, Andrew Ortiz, Frankie Guerra, and Kevin Lyons. All right, welcome to uh, today's episode. This is the second episode of Making Filmmakers. Today we're going to talk about, uh, well, our first topic will be RED versus DSLR, and then uh, later in the show we'll talk about 4K versus 1080p, and possibly some other topics. We'll see where the tangents take us. Uh, I'm Kevin. I'm Drew. I'm Frankie. All right, lead us away. What are we talking about first? So RED versus DSLR, right? We're going to talk about that because that is a big issue when you are first getting into filmmaking. Like everybody wants to shoot RED, uh, but you have access to a DSLR. Right. I think it first, yeah, first obviously starts with cost, right? Um, You know, if you're obviously in a purchasing realm, uh, you know, the RED is going to be very much more expensive than buying a DSLR. So let's just say, you know, your average brain, red brain costs, uh, you know, 20 K and your average DSLR, whether it's a Sony or a Canon or Panasonic, uh, you're looking at about three to 5,000. Is that your cheapest red K? I mean, your red, I would, well, you know, let's, I mean, if we're buying brand new, yes. And that, and that's, and I think that's also something to say for the DSLR because you can get uh, a 5D Mark II on eBay, right, for like 800 bucks, full frame, you know, DSLR, no lens, just a body. You might be able to find a lens, but it'd be, you know, yeah, junky lens. But um, still, that's a lot cheaper than buying, let's say, a used Red Scarlet or even a Red One. They're still going for 4,500 to $9,000 used. Right, but the reds are used predominantly in 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 uh, like the studio films, right? That's the that's the that's the reason. That's why the design, yeah. It's a digital yeah. cinema camera, so everybody is attracted to that because they want to recreate the cinematic uh, look, right? So you first thing you go to is a red, not a DSLR. Right. Well, I think it starts too about how what it records. You're looking at recording, you know, raw, okay, versus. Uh, a, a already compressed, uh, you know, quality video on a DSLR. Right. Now there are DSLRs, obviously, that shoot uh, raw or log now, um, which usually those cost you a little bit more, you know. Um, but they are still much more affordable than a red, and that's that's the thing to think about is you know, shooting raw is going to give you a lot of freedom and um, ability to enhance your footage in post. And if you're shooting on the fly and you're doing something, you know, an independent project and you don't quite know where you want to go yet, right? You just want to make sure that you're shooting a quality image, uh, you know, so that your exposures are, are correct, your ISOs correct, um, everything's, you know, ideally set on, set on location. So when you get it into post, uh, you can really, you know, uh, uh, work the settings, work the source settings and, and find the, the quality image that you are looking for. So um, that's that's the advantage, I think, 
on the surface with a red versus DSLR. And I think I mentioned to you earlier when we were prepping is also the, the dynamic range. You know, when you're shooting, say, for instance, against uh, windows, okay, with a DSLR, those, those windows are typically a lot hotter overexposed compared to a camera that's shooting in raw format. It has more dynamic range. So it allows you to uh, get a cleaner image. Okay. Right. When you say raw, though, you're talking about a file format of recording, right? Just like so, no one, like in case no one knows. Like, right. So you're talking about a DSLR cannot record raw because a raw format is a bigger, uh, what can contain more um, data, right, from the camera. That's pretty much what a, the format. Basically, is. yeah, it's a, a higher bit rate. Yeah. yeah like you're, like, and and again, DSLRs can't. Some DSLRs can record raw. Magic Lantern allows yeah. them to I let think, do that. I think well, yeah. you know, Magic Lantern, which is a you know uh, firmware download that you can get, that basically transforms your DSLR into a professional camcorder, which allows you to you know alter settings or configure settings uh, like you would a professional camcorder, which obviously the red has that already built in right you know, built yeah. in to yeah. the to the firmware so um but you know dslrs are making a lot of new changes the the new mark four looks like it has a lot of new uh, uh features that give you more of a professional camcorder feel right out the gate so um i know that's changing so it's hard to say that you know that's the only you know takeaway from red versus dslrs I just think at the beginning that was the big selling point was that you know you're getting a raw recorded image versus something that's already compressed so you're looking at you know whatever 200 megabits per second versus you know 35 to 50 which to the average person like oh what are you saying you know but it really does make a difference right especially yeah. when you're processing and in, in post you're you're, you're uh, you know, filtering that image and doing certain things. Well, so. that, that's also a big question, right? When you're filming with DSLR, you're not working with such high resolution and not the footage isn't so big, right? Isn't as big. So does that mean, does that mean you have to, like you have to have a certain amount of equipment or a certain type of equipment to do the editing on, on a, on a red definitely like you I can't have you can't just do it on like some no like i think like if you Windows have like PC. a and it just just randomly you have a laptop because this is face it a lot of indie right. filmmakers are they're, they're rocking laptops i mean yeah. we're moving we're on the go i got a you know uh whether it's a mac or pc uh laptop but the processor is a i3 versus yeah. an i5 or an i7 i'm gonna have less issues editing dslr footage versus red raw for mm -hmm. sure mm -hmm. and you know the process that it's going to take to encode the red raw you know footage into a format like a proxy format or some sort of uh compressed format so like h264 or something like yeah that. you basically you just compress it so that you can do what what we used to it call can... offline editing but you would actually just do your edit on your macbook or your laptop in a lower compressed format so you can finish the edit and right. then at the end you would up res okay. right right um so that process slows you down mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so with the dslr you pretty much can just jump right in direct to edit right, right. yeah uh so it, it just it really depends on your hardware your your computer um i think software editing software has come a long way whether it's avid or premiere or final cut uh, the way that they process that footage, you know, um, even if it's a raw format uh, natively in the software, uh, they, they, they do their best to let you 
just edit directly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, there's been a lot of advancements, but definitely if that's a concern, uh, you want to stick with DSLR. Okay. If you're not really ready for red or if you've never edited red footage, uh, try to, try to have an experience, Mm -hmm. you know, before you take on a, your own feature or your own even project for that matter. Um, you don't want to test with, let's say that for client work. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you're doing client work, you don't want to test, uh, the red on a, on a client project. If you've on never a paid used, project, yeah, on a yeah. Paid project right. if you've never used red before, okay. there is a, a learning curve there. I think that's a little bit sharper than shooting well, with DSLR. So is the red footage, the 4k footage on a red similar to the 4k footage on an iPhone? Do you know that if it is or not? Yeah. No, no. Right. Okay. <laughs> no, <it's different. laughs> the red blows it away for sure. Right, um, yeah. and I mean, there's a lot of factors, you know, I think, you know, aside from being it being low light, uh, it's more sensitive to low light. The red is the iPhone obviously well, is not going to have a you're sensor. You're talking about the optic too, the lens itself. Okay, so the lens, I mean, yeah, the lens, the lens is going to. Yeah, right. I mean, you're most likely on a on a red. Uh, you're going to be shooting with a, a prime and or if you have like a scarlet or whatever, you're going to be shooting with a EF. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe like an L series lens. So you're going to have sharper glass. So you're going to have. A different image right there you know um and then the way that the processor processes video on on the iphone is much different than you know the the processes that are being used on red whether it's the old school you know mysterium sensor versus the dragon sensor versus whatever they have now yeah. and Probably i'm not, not a, half as good as this uh it, or the the iphone sensor is not like half as good as those sensors you know i, I don't know. can't be right it can be yeah i don't know i, I you I'm have not, room to make a have a bigger processor like on these phones that are that are um, so thin, they compromise, right, on a lot of, like, of things that that can make the phone a full-fledged recording 4K phone, right? Like, you, right. For, they compromise out of the, the thickness of the phone. So, obviously, yeah. like, the the red, it doesn't have to compromise. It can, it can you know, it can have, like, the hardware in there to give you that full resolution, right? Right, right. and, like, the, the obviously, the playback, you know, obviously, yeah. you're going to see more detail, uh, right. and more information so that you can make better decisions, you know, with color and with lighting. But I also think too, it's a matter of, um, just workflow, right? Cause mm-hmm. like on a phone, you're limited as far as space. And, you know, when you're shooting, uh, I don't know, let's say a documentary, mm-hmm. which let's face it, like a lot of documentaries, you're just shooting, 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 um, it's a ton of footage, you know, like right, yeah. h- how many times we've come back from a gig and, you know, I've got 900 gigs of footage. Um, yeah, that's a four, uh, camera shoot, all reds shooting raw. But if you wanted to match that kind of workflow with an iPhone, man, you'd be like dumping footage like every, I don't know, 10 minutes or something. I'm not even sure, but the workflow would be greatly different. Um, but then we know, was it, I think it was, uh, Tangerine that shot everything completely on, on iPhone. iPhone. I don't know the workflow, but, uh, you know, I think people who are interested in this topic they should look at movies that have actually i did read though that the director said he'll never do it again though. right right no yeah. i've read the same thing yeah. that the, it's always a nightmare because there was a yeah. japanese filmmaker that did a bunch of stuff on the iphone on the iphone okay. i think this was like in like like the five version it was it was yeah i think 4K. the i think the uh the the, the guy who did uh, tangerine shot on the 4s if right. i'm not mistaken right so that's like before they even fly it you right. know yeah, so they're not even dealing with 4K. They're still shooting no, 1080p. No, it's like 1080p. Yeah. yeah, and it's not even like the 5. And 1080p. I think, didn't he still uh, mount 
a lens onto it as well. Yeah, the the moon dog yeah, anamorphic the, lens. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and I, mean, I think they used footage from a DSLR as well. Like they, it wasn't right. just solely, but I think the majority of it was done on on the iPhone. Right. But yeah, their DP was like, "I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to do it again." Too, too limiting. I think light the light sensitivity was the biggest issue. Yeah, and it's maybe not the good workflow under low light. too. I would yeah. definitely oh, yeah, think the workflow because it's you know when you're you know when you're you know on set and you're maybe you're improving or whatever it is that you're doing, uh, it could really jack you up if like you're like, "Give me another phone," yeah. or you know, "Where's my technical director? Drop you know, where's my yeah. cameras is and dump this footage real quick." And you're waiting. I don't know even know how you do it if they're using iTunes or what. Right, I don't know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, you know that that sounds like an interesting kind of workflow. Absolutely, absolutely. So on on the the the, the advice you would give to a first time filmmaker, don't even worry about the red because it's too big for them to handle right now. Right? You you want? Would you say work your way up to a red by you know starting off lower or just like what? Well, you know into how I red? am. You know, I like, don't know. Tell I'm me. like, you know, get to the chopper. No, that has no context. I have no <laughs> idea. But it, but just don't be afraid to do anything. You know, I mean, like if you're, you got the balls. But time management though. You time know? management. Yeah. You're an I indie, mean, indie guy. I think, again, I think, you know, the red workflow can, is really fast. And I think the DSLR workflow is really fast if you know what you're doing. So, you know, out the gate, I would definitely say probably, um, don't do it. Don't do it. Run. Making movies is hard. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but it is. I would say DSLR, you know, because I think, I think too, there's the, something we haven't mentioned too is, you know, both of those cameras also take excellent stills. Mm -hmm. You know, people don't realize that a lot of magazine covers, mm -hmm. when the Red One came out, people were shooting with the Red because it was a completely new workflow for them and they were getting these super high res images mm -hmm. and they were like having, you know, models, whatever, just like do their thing in front of the red and rolling video and pulling stills. And, you know, that became like a real market mm -hmm. for red. I think it still is. And then same with the DSLR, it's a, it's a camera. Right. And yeah. what teaches you more about composition and just lighting in general than mm -hmm. photography. So, right. um, you know, just put, just bringing those to the surface. I just think, yeah, I think DSLR first and then work your way up, you know, it's like kind of start with the fundamentals, work your way up to the digital cinema camera. Right. Yeah. But you know, but I mean, the only way you can get your hands on a red is if you rent it. Cause no one, no consumer, like that's an indie filmmaker is going to be able I to buy one. I think it depends one. on your ethnicity. No, I'm just kidding. Is that politically incorrect? I don't Most care. Um, but no, I think, I think, um, <laughs> I think, I think you can get your hands on, you know, dude, I mean, you've seen the cameras that we've got our hands sure, on. Yeah. I think I we think can rent them. You can rent Absolutely. them. Absolutely. But if you also know people and they're cool and they trust you, um, yeah. you can, you can probably get a red for fairly cheap, if not free, you know? Um, maybe that's a, that's a stretch though. Could be. I d again, that's Most why, that's why I said that the terrible joke I just said, but I just think it just depends on when the circles you're rolling in, yeah, you know, let's face true. it. Cause you know, you see a lot of cats on, on YouTube that, you know, their circle, they have a bunch of shooters and whatnot mm -hmm. in their, in their extended or their immediate actually friends list. So. No, it's no problem. <laughs> Yeah. So, but I think that's, you know, I think that's something to say. I think, you know, um, if you have those people around you and they trust you and they see you as a real filmmaker, you're up and coming, they're going to let you have access to that 
yeah. year. I mean, that's something to say too. Getting a job as a, a assistant camera or intern with a DP or whatever right. that those are the kind of things that you come with getting that kind of a gig. You get access to that footage or oh, yeah. going to yeah. school. You know, you get you get into a junior college. Some junior colleges have. Uh, yeah, you know, do reds. schools carry the reds? I mean, my school doesn't, but yeah. as soon as I take over budgeting, we will. Uh, <laughs> and that is um, the plan, uh, you know, because that's something that I want to bring to the table is, you know, more 4K and, and more digital cinema cameras and equipment in general. Okay, okay, okay. Ooh, okay. So let's move on then to a different topic now that's pretty clear. Start off with, with the DSLR if you, you know, because e- even those are expensive. Right. to an extent, right? right? Like you can, you're not going to just buy a full frame. You're most likely going to start off with like a, and it's a not Rebel just the body, series or something. Right. And right? it's not just the body. If you're in it for the purchase, you're going to buy the body, you're going to buy the lens, you're going to buy mm-hmm. batteries. It's a package You're going to buy yeah. a mic, you're going to mm-hmm. buy this, that, and the other. There's a there's Memory a, cards. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's something when you really go down that path, the accessory path, the red becomes more and more unattainable because right. let's face it, if you're you know going through just red.com, you know, a monitor costs five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, articulating arm costs two fifty because it's got the red logo on it. So, right, uh, it gets pretty expensive. Okay, okay. So, okay, so yeah, that's that's good. That's good. So let's move on. Four K versus ten eighty P. I mean, is there a difference? Of course. It, when you when a somebody is watching a movie on their um, their laptop, as opposed, I know there's a huge difference if you watch it. You know, if you're watching a movie theater, huge difference, noticeable difference. But I mean, if you if that 4K is scaled down to like watching something on your phone or your laptop, it, is is it a no, noticeable difference? I mean, I think it's debatable. But, okay. Uh, at, at that degree, right, right, right? At being so low. Right. Because if you get somebody who doesn't pay attention to that, mm-hmm. they they aren't going to like tap into the quality difference, right? Right. But I mean, yeah, somebody like me, I'm gonna see the difference, right? You know, yeah. because you're dealing with more colors, it's it's more vibrant, it's sharper, it's more pixels. So no matter what, technically it's sharper. It's going to be sharper, even if it's on a small form factor versus a 65 inch, right? Right, so, right. I mean, and technology is really amazing too now because it scales up 1080p to a 4k on a 4k tv or monitor yeah how can that work is like stretching is it like stretching a balloon like if you ride on a balloon and you stretch it out it's gonna get blurry right it's gonna look right but they have scalers that basically fit in those pixels or something like that or what yeah i mean it's a little bit more complicated but yeah there's built-in scalers um that you know upscale Mm -hmm. or up res the 1080p so that it one fits the 4k frame but uh, it, you know, utilizes all the, um, you know, new features of the 4K monitor or television, which makes your DVDs look amazing. It really okay. does. So if you're an independent filmmaker like ourselves, obviously, and our goal is to put something online, all right, what, what would you recommend? Go 4K route or go 1080p? Well, ultimately, do you have a 4K camera? Because a lot of people sometimes make that mistake that they okay. somehow think that they can get to 4K without a 4K camera, which is, I know it sounds. Stupid, I mean, if if there if there's that. like if there's like a camera that's 4K, right? That's like right. let's just say, um, uh, like the Canon, right? right. The Canon five, uh, the Mark the four, Mark IV, right. right? And then there's uh, and then uh, somebody has access to um, an, an older t3i or something like that, t2i rebel you know that's uh that's way cheaper and affordable what is it going to matter which camera they go to if they're 
end movie is going to be on your phone or tablet. You know? I don't think so. I mean, if we're talking about films too, it's all about the story anyways. Right. right yeah. I mean, it just seems like more and more now, um, you know, uh, people are, are responding to stories. They're not even looking at the quality um, when, it, when it doesn't stand out so much, right? Because right. we were talking, Frankie, Frankie and I were talking about uh, the quality of The Revenant and how when you watch it on a big screen like that, or when you watch it on a big screen, it was shot on 65 millimeter digital film, right? right? And you can see it's got like a real grand look to it. Like it's big. It's not just because they use a wide lens, but it's because of all how much information was captured on that 65 mil- millimeter camera. You know, and that's something you can't produce on something smaller. Right. You know, yeah, it's you like, can't up so, res, yeah, yeah, something small. Right. right. So they do make a difference, but I, right. It would just, it all depends on where you're watching it. Right. Cause you probably couldn't get that same effect of the Revenant if you were to watch it, let's say on your, on your laptop, you know, you probably wouldn't feel that as much. You wouldn't see it. Right. And plus you don't get the director, what the director saw exactly what he was yeah, making. Yeah, because it's right? not in a theater. Right. right. It's yeah, not at that big there's, of a there's no right? There's no, t- well, there's some TVs I'm sure out there, but your average television doesn't have that aspect ratio. Yeah. So you're never going to see that anyways. And then, well, it'll probably be letterboxed or whatever. But um, but yeah, I, I think that's why, I, so I think it's debatable. I mean, you know, if I want, if I'm that kind of viewer and I'm looking for that quality, I'm going to the theater. You know, right. I'm not going to expect it on my phone, but there are people who, you know, judge films on that level, which is crazy. Um, no, yeah, they seem unhappy, you know, if, if it doesn't, uh, look a certain quality, you know, on the phone right. or a small form factor. So, um, and then laptops are always strange too, because, you know, a lot of them don't have 4k monitors, and um but they are above they're above 1080 yeah they're, they're above, above 1920 by 1080 okay. so yeah. when you when you go full screen you'll see discrepancy you'll see right. a lower quality um because this built there's no built-in scaler there's no hardware on the video card that, that right. is scaling it it's just stretching it yeah you know right. um so i think for filmmakers one always think about your story right it's all about the story and uh, if your story is good, it's not going to matter if it's shot on 4K versus 1080p as far as reaching an audience. I think it will matter commercially. Right, yeah. You know? It doesn't meet those requirements, right? right? If you're putting it out in a movie theater. Yeah, if you want like it that. to go to a theater or if you want professional distribution, right. they're going to look at 4K versus 1080 for sure um, because they want to be able to create the multiple versions, right, from the highest quality master. Um, but... You know, it's it, it's highly debatable these days. Mm-hmm. I think that's a that's yeah. A really there's always good exceptions question. too. There's always exceptions. Like some guy filmed his his movie on his camcorder. You know, it was like VHS, and he somehow still gets a distribution deal, and it's distributed. Yeah. There's well, I mean, like, that's why I think Black Magic came out with their uh, instant 4K plugin, where it will actually transform your 1080p footage to 4k so that you can bridge it with your other 4k footage at least i'm assuming that's the initial how can that be um, how does that work we don't know how that works it can't be magic is it magic it's 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 close to it's it's the red it's red did i say black i think it's red giant oh it's red giant yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. so but i mean you know it, it does have some sort of algorithm that you know gives you that um that f- it's got to like fill it in. That's what it's got to do. Yeah. It's got to like because yeah. what you're when you're stretching an image, right? It's your like pixels are being stretched, and Distorted, some aren't right. as dark 
is and so it probably duplicates those pixels somehow yeah, tell exactly. me explain that to me yeah no i am not uh, <laughs> tell uh, me how that works so but yes it's basically along those lines it's i mean it's, work like that yeah yeah it, it's doing some sort of uh using some sort of algorithm that you know uh fills in the gaps so yeah. that it that it still looks sharp but it, i've noticed when i have done stuff like that it still looks um smooth you know softer softer than the uh, like if i did red footage at 4k versus dslr at 1080 yeah and i and i upscaled that 1080 to 4k it's not going to be as sharp right i have to add like some sort of sharpen filter and really doctor it up to really match the quality you know yeah, there's got to be some loss right when you're yeah I mean, it can't it can't it, 1080p can't be replicated the original you know 4k raw right no exactly way. Right, and it does it does generate new pixels so to match the dimension of the desired. I was resolution. right. So right. Yeah, your your yeah. your your instant logic mm-hmm. about instant 4K was accurate. Well, so um, yeah, it's all algorithms, anyways, yeah. and all that stuff. So it's all fancy it's all word. Math. It's all math. Fancy. It's word all it Neo in your computer. <laughs> so what? What's okay? So let's let's uh, let's pick a short topic real quick before we end this this podcast um um i don't know politics no i'm just politics no what's people, what pe- people hear enough of I'm, that i, w- I want to hear what uh frankie's opinion on uh, stranger things is stranger things stranger ahead, things uh, let loose frankie because I'm, I'm interested to hear your opinion being that we have the same uh <laughs> taste in like 80s movies i think we all do here so yeah first of all that? yeah no like Story-wise, okay, let me just say, it's it was true nostalgia. I get why some people, the older people, I think, were saying they don't like it because it felt like um, like they were trying too hard or they've seen enough of that stuff or something like that. So, like, older people were kind of against it, but people my age were loving it because we love the, the nostalgia part of it. Right. But I thought it was shot, like extremely well in the flow of the story like it kept you engaged which i am a huge fan of like interesting characters and and a flow of the story is all i asked for i mean nostalgia was great and all but even that aside i just liked the flow of it it was not everything can pull that off it kept me entertained i binged on it in like one day like <laughs> i think i missed food for <laughs> a couple times that day <laughs> just binging on it but um and I was remember I was telling you, Drew, I was reading today that the camera they used, the Red Dragon and mm, all that. And mm-hmm. I like I find it interesting that they put like that 80s, uh, what was it? Oh, like the, the filter? St- yeah, the, the 80s filter, filter on it. Yeah. yeah, that made it. Like the film, right? It was like a film yes. filter. They put was on it on, on camera, like on set, or was it in post they were talking about? I think, I think it was post, they said. Okay. It, yeah, I'll yeah, have to read up on that. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I googled it because <laughs> I'm a fan and and a nerd. But yeah, no, I like I like the idea of that it was really cool. The Stranger Things, I, I think, is just fucking brilliant in my opinion. But I think everybody's I, gonna say something positive about Stranger Things. Well, somebody I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna be devil's advocate here, yes. and I'm just gonna I'm yes. gonna make everybody mad and say that 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 show sucks. No, no I'm totally. Yeah. Kidding. <laughs> Are you kidding that. me? Like I couldn't stop talking about that show for like. I still talk about it. 
Um, is there really people that don't like it though? Like, is there some haters out there? There's some haters. No, they're yeah. not haters. They're, they're more. No, they're like, not haters. I, I, I just think they don't. They don't. Come on, let's not, be real. They're haters. There's always haters out there. I, but I've heard somebody's. I've heard opinions, but they're not haters' opinions. They're not no. hating on it. They're just. No. It's not. They just want to change it so that it's no. like what they want. Right? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like it's like they don't want. They don't like. Okay, I guess it's not. Um, it's just a throwback show, and it's a lot of it's just. Which I get. I mean, imagine if like a movie or a show I, it, around the '90s like, came out. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's we it's would a feel show that way that's too. like, yeah, it's a show that's giving you everything. It, yeah, I, I feel like it's kind of it knows what you would like if you like '80s films. Right. It's picking the mm-hmm. things that it of knows. Course. Like you're gonna like this show. Of course. Here. It's yeah. not very yeah. progressive. Story's not that progressive. I mean, you kind of kind of know. I'm not. I'm playing devil, devil's advocate. I, I yeah. like the show, but I'm gonna. <laughs> right. I kind of know. So many there's a there's certain yeah, reasons I, why people I, might not I like it. I see where you're at, but I think you know I think we we probably see things a little quicker though than your like average eighty fan, like because a lot of people don't look at it the way we do, dude. I mean, I think when you become uh, or you decide that you want to be a filmmaker, you look at movies differently right, and right. shows mm-hmm. and whatever. Like things yeah. just stand out to you that do not stand out <laughs> to the average person, which makes us a little kooky, right? But um, you know, I see, I see what you're saying, but I, I do feel that they were really clever, though, man. That's because I think it's it's dangerous, uh, uh, not dangerous, but risky to take on something like that because you, we, we all have these pre notions that what we like and what is good '80s, you know, stuff, mm-hmm. and so that's risky, mm-hmm. right, to go into that realm and do what Absolutely. they did. And I just thought they like knocked it out of the park, like, you know, yep. they, they. They yes, things were predictable and things happened, and you kind of knew where they were going with it. But then they were still really sharp and contemporary, and modern with how they uh, respected that genre. But was fresh. It was still fresh, right? Mm-hmm. Like like I hadn't seen a show like that hmm. maybe ever. Like have you ever really seen? Oh yeah, a I was show? gonna say ever. Yeah, like that's that's yeah. all I'm saying to that def- in defense of that. But because I, I think you're right in some ways, I just think that it's they were still really clever and that's why it's such a huge hit i think yeah i i think you couldn't just yeah you couldn't just put out a show and make it 80s themed and it would be a natural hit there's obviously some things in that show that are really good right Mm story-wise not uh even the upside down like putting putting creating a realm right which we've seen time and time again uh, uh alternate universes right but mm-hmm. the way that they created that alter look how popular it is. I mean, there's there's apps and shit that like transform your your video playing soccer with your kids and you're in the upside down. It's like what? Like it had that <laughs> much of effect that yeah. people, you know, are you know no, they, updating they, their Facebook yeah. profiles and the whole nine. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Sure, you sure, know. Sure. I, I get that. I mean, dude, they were on the Emmys too. Like they had the little kids running around the, uh, the Emmys and crap. I was like, what? That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. So I'm sorry. I'm a fan. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, uh, anyways, uh, that was a interesting tangent and I'm sure we could talk about stranger things for the rest of the 2010s. Um, (laughs) I'm just making a reference to decades since we were talking about uh, an 80s driven show. So um, I guess it's time to close. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think um, so. 
Um, so I, I don't know. What are we talking about next? The next conversation, next podcast. Can we give a sneak peek? Is there anything that we might be talking about? I think we're going to be talking about film and filmmaking. That, yes, that's a <laughs> great topic. That, that we'll might happen. That. I think yeah. that's probably a good, you know, uh, uh, topic to stick with. Yep. You know what? I'm gonna go mm-hmm. It's going to be a good one.